we are going to be spending from, from now onwards, and there's no sort of end date that we're putting on this, we're going to be looking at our four dreams and our culture as a church, and we're going to be digging into them and reminding ourselves, revisiting, and getting back into a place of, in a sense, recommitting to them. A number of times since Chris and Alice um, switched positions with Silas and Annie, they have gone with the elders, whoever they are at the time, and said, okay, Lord, are the four dreams still our dreams? Is our culture still our culture? And every time, um, I mean, that makes it sound like they're desperate for it to change. They're not. They've just, they just wanted to check in a couple of times with God. Is this still the direction? Every time, you know, resoundingly, the elders, including this eldership team, have come to a conclusion that God is still calling us to the same four dreams that he did when this church started 22 years ago. And so it's really important that we regularly remind ourselves of, if we're, if we're called here, th- this is what we're called to. And um, yeah, Duncan, close those doors. Can you close those doors? To be honest, lock them, mate, if they're still outside. <laughs> That's our culture. <laughs> oh man, can you imagine? Theory me. Um, so yeah, when Chris and Alice come back, sorry guys, a few people left because we locked them out. <laughs> um, so our four dreams, to be a prayer center for the city, to be a church that children love, to be a home for those, to be family for those on the margins of society, and to be at the heart of the community. Now, when I came to Hope, I was really attracted to those four dreams. Really, attra- They're really attractive. It's really um, exciting to, to, to come into a church where there is a clear, distinctive purpose that the church is going for, which also means there are distinct things that the church is not going for. But they're going after these four things. But what I've come to realize as I've been here for about three years is that the church, we hope, really are just made up of individuals. So when we, when we talk about hope, we're talking about me and you, because we, we are hope. So when we talk about hope's four dreams, if we're called here, actually we're talking about who we are called to become. So hope's four dreams then transition into becoming that I, as being called to hope, am called to become a prayer center for the city. I'm called to be a person that children love. I'm called to be someone who creates family for those on the margins of society. I'm called to be at the heart of my community. And if you're called to this church, you're called to become that. And if, and if you, if you, I almost don't need to say it. If, if you sort of think, I don't want to become that, you're probably not called here. And I bless you to go somewhere else. In all seriousness, because I want you to be where you're called. The doors are locked. Mate, there's always a fire escape. <laughs> Okay, so as we look at our culture and our dreams, it's, it's far easier to point to culture than it is to teach about culture. And often we, we try to teach culture thinking that in talking about it, that we are creating it. Often doesn't work like that. If you want to understand culture, the best thing to do is to find where it exists, even if it's in its smallest form, and point to it and encourage it. So expect in the next couple of months for there to be lots of stories, lots of testimonies, lots of interviews of people who are living out what it means to be hope where they are in a specific way. 
Now, when I say that we're called to become the four dreams, it's not that we are called to be um, the fulfillment of all four in equal measure because we are called to specific um, shades and elements and weightings in our personal life. It doesn't mean that you have to be here all the time in order to be hope. No, the hope vision, beach and boats, the boats are people who are engaged in their calling and their original design, scattered all across the city and even beyond. What it means to be hope is not that you are here, but that you embody our culture and our values wherever you are. Okay, We do not need to see you in order to feel confident that you are part of this church. It's, I find that difficult. Chris and I are great at that. I'm like, I, would, I mean, I'd find it helpful seeing you. But the whole point is we don't need to see you because we don't want to sap your energy and sap your time. We want to release you into what your original design is and your calling is. So ownership and membership is more about um, personal culture than it is about presence here. Does that make sense? Okay. And as we talk about our four dreams, I want to talk about them in the order that they were given to the church when it started in, in 1999-2000. And this church started because Silas and Annie and a small group of other people were called by God to start a prayer center, 24 hours of prayer all the time, 24-7, sorry, um, in, and, and God led them to this building. Amazing story, actually. They were praying for where to go. And one of the team, a woman called Sheena, had a vision of a building. And one day she walked past this building, having never, having never seen it, and was like, that's the building I saw in my vision. I think we're meant to go there. And someone came in. To, part of the team came in on the day that the church, I think, was being closed formally. And so it then got completely reversed. And so I was now invited to start a church here. But the whole reason that that team and that small group of people started something here was because they were called to pray. Called to pray. And so as we go, okay, let's re-dig re into our four dreams and re-dig into what we're about. It starts with, if we're, if we're hope, we're called to pray. We're called to be a beacon of prayer for our city as individuals and as a community. So what I want to do today is to invite Sias Nani to... Um, share more about our 24 hours of prayer once a month starting or the next one is this Tuesday but for us not just to think that our dream to be a prayer center for the city is completely encapsulated in 24 hours of prayer once a month because actually we have a prayer center and and you are welcome to pray in there whenever you want you can pray wherever you are whenever you want as well you know but it's just actually between us what if just through the way of us engaging with these dreams what if we without really knowing it or maybe we do know about it but actually prayed continually as a church because we're so each engaging with prayer as a dream of ours personally that if we stood back god's kind of going hey do you know you're actually covering prayer all the time because between you you're praying i don't know so the story with Silas and Annie, who are they, what do they do, why are they, why are they going to be talking? So Silas and Annie were the founding pastors of Hope. They were the people who led the team that were called here. Uh, and, and they lived locally for a number of years. And as they, um, as they led the church, I, uh, I, I would say on reflection, they've not said this to me, but, but it was difficult to pursue the primary purpose of being people of prayer whilst running a church. Because there's loads of other stuff that happens when you have to run a church that can kind of get in the way a little bit. So over the, over the past few years, Silas and Annie have recognized that God has called them to set up something called Ocod, One Church, One Day, which is where they create a network of churches across the city who each take different days of prayer each month so that the city is covered in prayer. And we, as Hope, have said we want to be a part of Ocod. We want to we join in with that mission and vision and pray once a month uh, in, under that banner. And Silas and Annie are also kind of 
um, leading us in our exploration of prayer today and leading us in our Ocod over the next few months. So do you want to come up? Should we welcome them? Yeah. Keep clapping, sir. Um, let me pray. Let me pray for us and then I'll hand over to them. And we'll go till about 10 past 12 today because because we, we start start a little bit late. So, Father, thank you for Cyrus and Annie. We thank you for the fact that we exist because because of them and because of their vision and their call. We thank you for the team that planted with them, that, that we owe them so much, that this culture was really born out of that team, that we, uh, we're, we're hugely grateful. Father, we recognize the call on their lives to pioneer prayer, to lead, excite, and stir prayer in people, to release the gift of prayer into, into churches across the city. And we say we are eager to receive the gift of prayer that they carry, that we want to become praying people more and more and more, that we want to understand it, be excited by it, and to grow in it. And so, Father, would you, would, we know you're going to speak through them. So would you open our ears, open our hearts to hear what they've got to say, Come, Holy Spirit. Amen. Hello. Nice to see you. If you're here for the first time, you're very welcome. If you're here for the second time, you're also very welcome. And if it's like Esther, who was one of the original eight or whatever, you're here for the uh, 250,000th time. Nice to see you. Um, so, um, uh, we don't find prayer very easy. So if you don't find prayer very easy, nor do we. Okay? But what we're trying to do this morning is to see whether we can kind of stir up, stir up one another. You stir us. We we all do this together. Okay? And our aim really is to do that. To try to do that. See whether we can stir us all up. And our prayer really is that we will all catch the desire to hear and see Jesus in our daily lives. Because that's the purpose of prayer. Is to connect us with Jesus. That's the, that's the secret. Uh, so Annie and I kind of tag team. Is that the? Is that how you call it? Yeah. So, um, nineteen ninety nine. Yep. Yeah, as um, as um, Andrew uh, introduced, uh, the month of July nineteen ninety nine was when a few of us were sitting on a roof with a piece of paper saying. 24-hour prayer center for the city, question mark. Didn't know what we were doing. All I remember is I was really cold and thinking, why did I ever say, let's pray for a couple of days? Because it it was miserable. Um, But anyway, the Lord led us to this building. And if you want to know the story, we have copies of it. And it is an extraordinary story. And we can get them to you. Um, And all we were doing, we were just looking for a place to pray. We no, we didn't want to start a church as the last thing. In fact, when they asked us, we said no. So, um, but um, many of you who might have come here recently, and you you see this thing here, 
And you kind of, what is it all about? Well, I'm just going to point you to three little images that reflect the prayer part of what this is what we call the beach in the boat vision. So what this first dream up here, you see guys worshipping. And worship is so much part of prayer. Prayer worship is all tied in. So on this straight, you see the stuff going out is here, but up there, kind of in the background, but actually at the heart of everything, is you've got the guys here. Do you see the angels up there who join in? I've actually been here twice on a Tuesday morning where we've been praying and we have heard an instrument being played and there was no one playing the instrument. You see, God inhabits his praises. And he comes, he just turns up every now and again. So that's why I love that picture. And then you've got three beach huts. Now, when the cover comes off here, if you haven't been here before, you'll see there are three beach huts there. And they're prayer huts. And they were commissioned, the very first time they were ever used officially was actually by the Archbishop of Canterbury, Justin Welby. He came to have a... uh, We were the prayer centre for his visit to the city. And he came and prayed himself in there. But also on that same night, there were a whole load of Koreans here because we have always, over the years, we have invited praying people from all over the world to come and pray, to try to pass on what they know about prayer, to teach us prayer, teach us how to do it. And so these two characters here in the white, and they, they, they a little testimony to the Koreans who've come here and prayed. Okay? Annie. And boy, do they pray. Um, so you may be sitting here thinking, oh, another talk about prayer. Oh, no, I don't know how to do it. I feel so rubbish. You might be thinking, you know, where is this church? Perhaps I'll have to leave because I don't know if I want to be a prayer center for the city. Um, or you may be very comfortable with your prayer life. You may be thinking, yeah, no, I've, I've spent, you know, years, um, you know, working out how to do that, and I'm very happy with it. But I don't know about you, but as Silas said, though, for us, prayer has been really uh, challenging. And I'm like, Lord, why have you called us to, to pray when, when it's so hard? But maybe that's the case for all of us, that it's not really easy to do. It's, and I don't really know why that is. Um, it just is, isn't it? So you may be, I don't know whether you feel like, um, do you feel guilty sometimes? And you think, oh, I just don't pray enough. Ah, am I, you know, am I, am I letting everyone down? I'm not praying. Well, I feel like that too. Um, it, it's the way, it's the way that probably if we could get into everyone's heads, we'd probably find quite a lot of stuff of where that actually puts us off even wanting to go there. So, Uh, you're in good company. We're totally with you in this. Um, but do you also, when you look in your, in your heads or in your hearts or wherever you look, um, your guts, do you also see, see a little flame of desire to, to know God more, to be, feel closer to Him, to hear His voice, to feel like you're close to Him, that you can see what He's doing? Do you find that as well, if you look inside? In fact, let's look inside right now. 
Um, go with me. Trust me. Shut your eyes. Actually, you don't have to trust me if you don't know me. That's totally fine. Um, if you would like to, shut your eyes. Um, and we're just wherever you, um, wherever you know your feelings are, and you're, uh, just, just try and focus on, on those now. And just the little question in your, in your hearts to God, God, what do I, where am I at with prayer? What do I feel about prayer? How are you feeling right now? Just examine. You don't have to tell anybody. So just truly honestly. And if you can find those feelings, just sort of imagine yourself holding them in your hands. And I just want you to know that what's in your hands right now is completely acceptable to Jesus. He loves what's in your hands because he loves us. He loves you. And we can give to God now so so imagine or do it if you want to just lifting up your what's in your hands and giving giving it to him all those um experiences all those feelings all those concerns even guilt and fear about prayer we can we can give it to him he loves to take what's in our hands. And then before we leave here today, for those of you that want to have Jesus put a gift of prayer into your hands, we'll do that before we leave in return, okay? So just hold that image in your heads. There was one thing that the disciples actually asked Jesus to teach them about, and it was prayer. And I imagine that was because they'd heard a lot of prayer, and they'd, but they hadn't necessarily seen any power in it. It was like a lot of babbling. And many of us will have been part of, and probably even if you've, if you've come here, prayer meetings where 
there's a lot of babbling and talking, probably led by me, actually. And, um, but there was something about Jesus and the way he prayed that meant that the disciples go to him, and it's in uh, Luke 11 and Matthew 6. And, he, and they go to him and they say, Jesus, teach us how to pray. And that was because they saw a connection between his life and prayer. And so if we're going to be people pursuing uh, and inviting Jesus more and more into our lives, then actually, at some stage, we need to learn how to pray. Otherwise, it's a constant frustration because you have people telling you you ought to pray, even like this morning. And... um, um, I love the story of the two disciples after Jesus has um, risen again, but they hadn't realized he'd risen again. They're on the road to Emmaus, and they're walking, and Jesus is walking with them. And it's one of the appearances of Jesus after the resurrection. And after he left, they said, didn't our hearts burn within us when we were talking to that guy? And when we really connect, I believe, in prayer, and as we learn to do it, our hearts begin to burn in us, even in that, even if it's in an hour of prayer or whatever. And I, I actually felt this morning when we were just, you know, we pray before we uh, start at about quarter to ten, we gather, and I just felt the presence of God come when we were just there. We were kind of, there was a sort of, and there's something, there's a, there's a presence about it. You feel something. And um, um, I'm a very active person. And so I find prayer so hard because I'm always wanting to do something. My mind is always off to do something else, something else, something else. Even when I'm praying, I'm thinking of the next thing that I feel I need to do. And that's why that can be very hard for those of us who are um, very active people, because that's part of my design. I am God's workmanship, created in Christ to do good works, which He's prepared in advance for me to do, and I want to do the good works. But first, I've had to learn to slow down and realize actually I'm a masterpiece first, created in Christ, and He'll show me the works. So if you if you work work work, I totally get it. I've been there. I still am there at times. But I had, the, I had the advantage of watching my father fairly close at hand. And I saw that through ups and downs, and we had a lot of downs in our family, tragedies. But how could he be so peaceful? And that drew me to him. And it drew me to ask him about prayer. And he was such a reluctant teacher. 
probably because basically all he really wanted to do was hang out with Jesus. So I had to drag it out of him. But what he did is he pointed me to scriptures. And he kind of said, okay, here's the key one. Get it. But we want to do something different here. We want to learn how to walk alongside one another and learn together. Because I wanted to learn in my father's presence. He didn't teach me like that. The difference between Elijah and Elisha was Elijah was a one was on his own and Elisha led a company of 50 prophets. There's a difference. And we want to be here like the company of 50, all learning together. Partly because we'll all pray in different ways. And in fact, we do, don't we? So in, in as, much, uh, as different as we all are as people, we'll have that many different ways of praying. And so rather than thinking, oh, I wish I could be like Bill. He's so holy. I wish I could pray like him, for example. Um, I've known Bill for a long time. Um, <laughs> um, actually, the, you know, God's made me to be me to pray the way that he's made me to pray. And there isn't a kind of one way. I don't know if you thought there was. I didn't know, don't know if you think there's a right way to pray. Well, I don't think there is. I think that it's all about our connection with God. It's just how we connect with God, how we know him, how we feel his presence, how we know uh, what we're doing today with him. That's, that's what prayer is. And so it's going to be as many different ways as there are people in this room. So what what our our feeling is is that this company of prophets that Silas just mentioned that sounds a bit grand. Why don't we be um, a family all bringing what we have because we've all got something. We've all got some connection with God, and it's valuable. It's precious, and we can share it with somebody else, and we can learn together. So I can become like Bill, and Bill can become like me. And we can all learn a little bit more. And everybody else, we can all do this. We bring what we have and we share it with others. And that way, we will all grow. There are no experts. There's a no right way. It's just learning to, to recognize God's voice and to be in his presence and to be loved by him, to feel his love and know his love. It's, it's actually way more simple. That's why, we, why it's so hard, I think, maybe. So what, we, what we're wanting to do is not so much teach about prayer today uh, or have somewhat, you know, us sharing our different ways, but it's more a thing of saying, do we feel that, um, that spark? Do we want to grow? Do we want to know Jesus' love and presence in our lives more? And one of the ways that we could do this together would be to be part of this 24-hour prayer together as this church. Um, we could, that could be an opportunity for us to get together. You don't have to, you know, if, if you can't, that's totally fine. There'll be lots of other ways. But if it helps, if it works for you to come along to one of the four um, corporate times on Tuesday, perhaps... Oh, as if by magic. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, Mike. Um, if, if you can come to one of those, then do, because that, that would be a place where we can uh, learn together and share what we have and grow together. Um, and, the, and then there's also, as Andrew said, we've got the prayer room. At the moment, it's 
We've got some scaffolding in as well, but there's room for some, for some uh, along with the scaffolding. And in there, what we'd love to keep going are these hours of prayer that we have been doing for however long we've been doing this 24-hour thing. Um, so if you want to pray uh, on your own or with somebody else um, and you want to sign up for, a, sign up for an hour... I've divided up this piece of paper neatly into 24. You can sign up. We don't have to fill it. It's just if it helps. If it, if it helps for you to say, I'm going to do that at 6 o'clock. If that helps you to commit to something, then, then you can use it. Fill it in. We'll, we, we've, got, you know, we've got years ahead of us. We can grow slowly. But for, we felt that the important thing with these kind of corporate ones, because we've been on our own for so long, and it'd be great to get back together and, uh, and learn from one another and to experience God's presence together. So that's, that's the invitation. Um, if we want to grow, if you can sense that little flame, if you felt you gave God um, your fears, your thoughts, your whatever, whatever was in your, you were feeling about prayer, then it would be awesome to make a kind of commitment sounds a bit strong <laughs> if a decision to make a habit of, of prayer in some way um, it, using the 24 hours or maybe maybe you already have a, a habit that you're just very happy with we have finally learned a way to pray together after 34 years of Sharing a bed, is that the right word? Being married, that's the one. Um, <laughs> I'm just thinking that's where we pray. That's what's in my head. Oh, is it? Gosh. So finally, uh, after I think probably about two years ago, we worked out our way of doing this, where we can, where I'm not thinking, oh, shush, just give me some space. And he's not thinking, come on, let's praise God and thank God. Because our ways are so different. We are probably as different as two human beings could possibly be uh, and but we wanted to pray together but but all the thi- all the ways that I want to do it are kind of floaty and quiet and and he's like right let's go boom 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 can't keep up so it's we're different it's okay to be different it's okay to be different I've also just for those of you that are if there is anyone else a bit more like me um, I've spent my I've spent a long time trying to make myself be like Silas. I don't know whether, you know, you sort of have that feeling you should be praying like this. You should be doing it like other people. Well, I finally come to the conclusion that I'm just going to be me. I'm going to be me. Woo! <laughs> oh, thank you very much. <laughs> um, and. This is slightly off-piste, but I think that um, in these slots, I think because we really feel like we just want to start again, and not so. If you if if you come to uh, here on Tuesday, if you're able to come some stage, or uh, particularly I think like the Tuesday evening, then it's not going to be like you've got to jump on the jump on the. Uh, train that's already been four or five stations because I think actually if we're going to go on a on a journey in prayer probably quite a lot of us to start with might need to just talk 
about why you find it so difficult. Absolutely. Talking to daddy. We need to talk to human daddy and the other daddy about why we might find it difficult. And so it's almost like let's go on a sort of prayer, I don't know, prayer experience together. I'll give you, the reason I say that is one thing, is there might well be some people here, you can't actually get beyond, you can't actually get beyond um, base camp because there's a really big issue that you've got in your head where God didn't seem to deliver and you can't get past that. And that's very understandable. And so there's no point in being taken on a whole journey if you've still got that and it's there every single time you try to worship every single time. Because you've got this thing. It's a mountain. So let's learn how to... Mountains, Jesus said, can be cast into the sea. How do you do that? Let's walk together. Okay, so it really is an invitation to let's come and let's... And so probably need to be quite a lot of chat. Quite a lot of experience. Oh, I hated that bit of it. Well, maybe that isn't the way you're designed. Maybe, you know, Annie and I will probably, in this wonderful building, we would probably initially go to different places in the building if we wanted to start praying. I'd go to the place where there's lots of music and I can pump out my praises. Annie would find the place that's furthest away from that noise. Okay? And here we go. Can I, can I say the thing? Uh, there's a beautiful thing that happens here, and I bet you it's unique in Bristol. What happens that's been in, in, brought in by Andrew and, and Charlie is that speaking, as people have birthdays, speaking about their design. Last week there was a little lad called Rory, and there were four words, and they came from different people all around the room, and every single one of them was fire. Now, that is extraordinary. We almost take it for granted. That is incredible. And I phoned up Rory's dad, and I said, do you take notice of that? Because there's something about your lad. There's something about it. God is speaking to the community about who he is. And there was a woman here, and her name's Annie, and she had the word rocket. And she didn't say it on Sunday, last Sunday. But that little lad is called, I've heard, by his football coach, Rory Rocket. Now what that means is God is wanting to say, in a very, very intimate way, he sees you, Rory. And how old's Rory? Eleven, is he? He's younger. It's not your, it's the other Rory. Redhead. Yeah, he sees him. And he's seeing church family. See this guy. That's just one thing, but I'm excited. That's happening in our family. So why don't uh, we stand, um, and perhaps if Duncan could bless us with some music. Um, for those of you, you, d- you don't have to do this, obviously, um, but if you would like to um, uh, just... 
Have you have have Jesus put into your hands his his heart for prayer for you? That's that's what we're going to ask him to do. So you maybe gave him what was in what you found when you went looking uh, about how you feel about prayer, and now let's actively, if you want to, receive from Jesus how he sees you as a prayer. Okay. So I'll, I'll, I'll pray, and if Duncan, if you would, yeah, sing and play and stuff, yeah. So Jesus, um, thank you that, you that we can learn from you. Thank you that you taught your disciples how to pray, and you've been teaching your disciples, your followers, ever since how to pray. And Lord, we don't know why we find it hard. We don't know why we can't make the time. We can't concentrate. But Jesus, if you're teaching it, we want to learn. So Lord, would you come now and give us that gift of prayer for us? Because you know each one of us, you know what we need. You know what we need to see, what we need to experience. So Holy Spirit, would you come and fill our hands with that gift of prayer. Fill our hearts, fill our spirits with that gift of prayer. Thank you, Jesus. So just in faith, receive it by faith. You probably won't feel anything. You might, but you probably won't. Just receive it by faith. Maybe look at what he's given you. Use your spiritual eyes to look at the bundle he's put in your hands. And maybe you're thinking that you can hear some words from him. Or you can feel something in your gut. Where you know that he is giving you this gift of prayer. So just notice those things and receive them, actively receive them.
What can I give? What can I bring? What can I sing as an offering, Lord? What can I give? And what can I bring? And what can I sing as an offering, Lord? We'll sing an anthem of the highest praise. We'll sound an anthem of your glorious name, Jesus. We'll sing an anthem of the highest praise. We'll sound an What can I give? What can I bring? What can I sing as an offering, Lord? What can I give? And what can I bring? And what can I sing as an offering, Lord? Father, we thank you for your presence among us. And we we say, Lord, all those years ago you said, prayer center for the city. And so we just return to you those words again and we say, Lord, may we each become in our hearts that prayer center, that center of prayer. Amen. Now, just uh, one thing I felt might have happened is that, and this, I might be talking rubbish here, so, but as Duncan was singing that last phrase, we'll sing an anthem of the highest praise. As he was singing that, there might have been some of you here who uh, caught, uh, the Lord showed you something at that moment, or just during this time. Because the Lord is speaking when you talk about prayer, you know, he speaks. So if the Lord's been speaking to you and showing you stuff, then that's all part 
of this thing because it's it's fellowship, it's life together. We we grow together. Annie and I just bring a little bit, and we would expect God to have been speaking. Okay, uh, over to you, Andrew. Brilliant. Well, we'll wrap up there. Um, just want to say, youth, well done. Thanks for thanks for being here. Really appreciate you being here, and, and well done for engaging. And see you later, Pen. Um, thank you. And so Tuesday, if you can make it to any of those gathering slots, seven to eight, ten to one. 6 till 7.30 for dinner, let Charlie know, or 7.30 till 9.30, that we'd love to see you. Um, otherwise, please pick up your children, and don't forget them, and see you soon. Great to be with you.